Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Hey there, listener. This is Geraldine Carter, host of the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and earn more. Wishing you a happy new year. Today, I'm taking you on a journey of a different sort. Usually on this podcast, I talk about business strategy for your accounting practice so that you can deliver more value to your clients, be better compensated, and take back your time so that you can enjoy more of your life because true wealth is discretionary time. In 2020, I watched countless CPAs and accountants give up their discretionary time and relinquish their self-care. And that has and will continue to take a toll on physical health and mental wellness. So get your calendar out and get ready to block out a few weeks of your life so that you can recharge and look back at your life from a different perspective. I wanna give you the chance to not think about work and think about something totally different for the next 14 minutes because 2020 was one for the ages. And if you're a CPA or an accountant, you were super busy. You probably got swept under for a time. And given that there were travel restrictions, plus the fact that you were probably swept under, I'm guessing that you may not have had a solid vacation in a while. And I'm guessing that you are due for one. Now, it might be really difficult to imagine that traveling is even going to be a thing again, that vacations are even possible or allowed. And I also get that if you're still flooded with legislation that you need to wade through and clients that you need to support, that even thinking about vacation or holiday might even be so far from where your head is that this could even be difficult to listen to. If that's the case and you're in that camp, just hit pause and come back to this when you're ready. If your head is in the space where you're thinking to yourself, ooh, travel, vacation, that could be fun, then keep on listening. What one of my concerns is for you is that given how hard this year has been, if you don't have something to look forward to and if you don't take a break, then a break is going to get forced on you. Because if you don't listen to the universe, if you don't listen to the man upstairs, somebody's going to send you a message that it's time for a break. So with that, what I have for you today is my top 10 list of places in the world that I love. One of the questions that I used to get asked most commonly back in my 20s when I was traveling all the time 
was what is your favorite place to go? And even if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you may not know that I've been to 50 countries at least and all seven continents. So I want to give you a little bit of dreaming candy today and give you some of my favorites just to get you inspired and get you thinking about the weeks that you are going to block in your calendar in 2021. So here we go. My number one is, of course, France. And not just because I'm a half-breed, but because it's really, truly amazing. Now, if you want, you can go to Provence. You could go to the Dordogne. You could even go to Alsace-Lorraine. But what I think is a really great and easy trip is the nine-day tour of Mont Blanc. All you have to do is get on a plane to Paris, take the train to Chamonix, put your backpack on and tie your shoelaces, and start walking. The views deliver right out of the gates. You walk all the flanks of Mont Blanc, which is 14,000 feet, the highest peak in Europe. And you walk over all the way around and down into Cormier in Italy. You have great gelato. And then you walk up, 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 and down, 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 down into Switzerland. And then up, 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 and down, 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 back to Chamonix. The views deliver all day long, and you will eat more cornichons, those little tiny pickles, and fondue than you can even imagine. Do you need to be in reasonable shape? Sure. Do you need to be in incredible shape? No. Next on my list, if you want to stretch yourself a bit more, is the Khumbu region in Nepal. Hiking in the Himalaya is breathtaking and grounding. The mountains are beyond what I will even attempt to describe. And traveling on foot from village to village, hiking just a few hours each day because you get topped out by how much elevation you can gain before you start to subject yourself to altitude sickness is an exceptional experience. All you gotta do is get on a plane to Kathmandu, you take a puddle jumper to Lukla, and same deal, you put on your backpack, you tie your laces, and you start walking uphill. Tea houses all along the way serve up samosas and endless plates of dalbat. All right, now, if you're still listening and you don't think that I'm completely crazy and you'd like some infrastructure that's perhaps a little better developed, then try Patagonia. You can go to the Chilean side, but it rains a lot more. If you go to the Argentine side, it will be much drier. You fly to Bariloche, you go to Fitzroy, and then you can go down to Torres del Paine, which of course is on the Chilean side. The windswept vistas, the gauchos, the lamb with chimichurri. I used to be a vegetarian, but Patagonia and the lamb with chimichurri converted me. And the windswept skies with lenticular clouds will serve up gorgeous views all day long. And on your way back, you can take in some tango in Buenos Aires. All right, number four, if you want something closer to home and perhaps more accessible, try Costa Rica. Just imagine a seven-day yoga and meditation retreat. Or maybe surf camp is your thing, or zip lining through the rainforests. Costa Rica is a wonderful place to go, and it is close to home. If you're thinking, these all sound lovely, but can't you just suggest some place that speaks English? Then yeah, try Ireland. I mean, the Irish, really. Like, can you think of a people who are more bright and fun and loving and just have the biggest hearts? Not to mention the castles. I mean, real life knights in shining armor at Ashford Castle. And the Guinness. And the music that emanates out of the pubs. Ireland does not disappoint. 
Now, if you're thinking Europe is great and I'm ready to stretch myself culturally, then try Turkey. The Hagia Sophia and the Blue Mosque in Istanbul will take your breath away. Turkey's history mirrors that of Greece, but without the throngs of tourists. The seas are turquoise and warm, and if water is your thing, try a hammam where you get loofahed and doused in buckets of warm water. If you're feeling more adventurous still and want to go farther south, you might consider Rwanda. Yes, there is a tragic historic period during the genocide. Not to get too deep here, but I've been to a few countries that have experienced genocide, and I find it to be a powerful and potent reminder of what people are capable of when there's propaganda and we allow ourselves to be divided. On a lighter note, the people are lovely. The scenery is gorgeous. Mountains and mountains and mountains and lakes everywhere. And you can visit the gorillas. Seeing a mother gorilla nurse her infant gorilla and stroke its little fur and gaze at it, just like a mom does, will stop you in your tracks. Seeing a troop of gorillas in their natural environment just about blew my doors off. Now, of course, while you're in the neighborhood, it makes sense to go to Uganda or Kenya or Tanzania and go on safari. There is nothing like sticking your head out of the top of a Willie's Jeep and witnessing four male lions take down a hippo. Number eight, Burma. The ancient city of Bagan with its temples in the Irrawaddy Delta is so incredible. It is so hard to imagine that nearly 2,000 years ago, these enormous temples were built all over the place. But there they stand, and you can bike from one to the next to the next to the next all day long. Now, an asterisk here. I went to Burma about, I don't know, 15 years ago in 2005 or six or something. The situation on the ground, of course, has changed. I don't know if traveling to Burma is a thing right now. But if it is, I highly recommend it. Plus, in places like Burma, local economies often rely heavily on tourism dollars. Okay, number nine, if you're thinking, you know what, I want something that's just more neutral, then try Antarctica. Oh my goodness, the scenery. I mean, I mean the scenery. <laughs> it is just out of sight. Now, I don't recommend that you get caught in gale force winds in the Southern Ocean. We had to point the bow of our boat into the wind for 36 hours and just ride out the waves. Don't do that. Instead, forecast it so that you avoid bad weather. Go right across the Southern Ocean to the Antarctic Peninsula and sail through the Le Maire Channel with its straight up mountains of black peaks blanketed in ice that is hundreds of feet thick and falls over these mountains into the water. Couple that with whales and penguins and leopard seals, and I guarantee you, you will have the trip of a lifetime. Among my favorite things about this trip was that I was on a converted Russian research vessel, 
And on this boat were passengers from all around the world. Two-thirds of them were English speakers. And there were people from everywhere, from South Africa to New Zealand to Australia to Northern Ireland to Scotland to the U.S. to Canada, all over. Seventy passengers packed on one ship with a whole breadth, not a whole breadth, let's be real, a wide breadth of cultures, all sharing a similar experience. It can be difficult sometimes when traveling to get to know people from other countries because they're doing their thing. They're living their regular lives. But on a boat to Antarctica, you have conversations with people from the world around. And if you're thinking, that sounds lovely, but I want to stay close to home, but I'm interested in things that are kind of edgy, I loved Cuba. Not sure what the deal is with travel there these days. I went on my French passport from Guatemala City, so I'm not sure what the deal is if you're American, but plenty of people are going. I find different political systems to be quite interesting and in Cuba quite tragic. People are well-educated and poor, and that was hard to square. But the people were lovely They wouldn't talk to you about politics when they were inside houses because they say that the walls have ears. But we rented a car to drive around the island. And because so few people have private transportation, they hitchhike in their own land. So we would pick them up as hitchhikers and give them a ride to as far as we could take them. My mom would drive and I would face backwards and ask them about their lives and about their politics to get an understanding of what life is really like. That's 10 wonderful places to potentially think about or dream about traveling to in 2021. I couldn't write this list without including something for myself. So at the bottom, I wrote bonus and put Iceland, which I've connected through a number of times but have never gotten off, or Latvia, which I hear has gorgeous Gothic architecture. Maybe you can help me decide. Now, With travel comes responsibility. I don't want to sound sanctimonious. All I will say is that as Westerners, travel is a privilege and a luxury. And not every place that we go do people have the same privilege and luxury. So if because of this episode, you go somewhere and you tell me about it, I will do two things. Number one, I will offset your carbon footprint for your air travel because flying in a plane has an enormous carbon footprint. And I will make a donation to a local charity of your choice, perhaps a school or an orphanage or similar. Email me where you're going and I will take care of the details. I want you to feel good about traveling and I want to feel good about having recommended that you travel. So get your calendar out think about when's going to be good, dream about where you want to go, and keep listening to the podcast so that you can get your time back. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, 
it's all there.